1: It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. Iojkovic behind his back. What a take by Jokic. let
0: Hey, Nuggets Nation, you're listening to the Pickaxe Podcast. Now, here's your hosts, the Denver Stiffs. What's going on
2: everybody and welcome into the Pickaxe Podcast. I am Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com and uh, we're going to do something a little exciting today. Normally we do this as a trio, but today we actually are a quartet. So uh, first, the first other co-host we have with us is Mr. Daniel Lewis. Dan, what's going on? Not a lot, just uh, happy to be back. All righty. And we also have with us uh, Kayla Osby. Kayla, what's going on? Not much, All right. And then finally, making his triumphant return to the Pickaxe podcast, we have head honcho of Denver Stiffs, Mr. Adam Mares himself. Adam, what's up?
0: You said that this is usually a trio, and I was trying to think of who was the fourth wheel, and you introduced me (laughs) (laughs) fourth, deliberately, even though there was an order here, so I'm guessing I was the fourth wheel. I was like the late... Well, uh, I guess we have to, guys.
2: Well, I mean, we did. Uh, I mean, Dan, you've been on like what, like three or four times. I have been yeah. way to, uh, too much, Kayla, yeah. about like at least three times.
0: <laughs> so fine. Uh, one. Okay. one time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, Just you guys saying. are so mean to me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> I will be the next person fired. <laughs> there, there you go. All right. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna get into some Nuggets stuff. It's it's tough, man. It's tough finding content right now for the Nuggets. There's um.
0: It is kind of I true, think, right? right?
2: There's like nothing going on. But um, there's a little bit of things. The draft lottery is actually coming up. I think it's about Thursday, right? Is when the, I
0: said on my show on Thursday or, or Wednesday or something, I was like, yeah, it's like a month away. And somebody corrected me. <laughs> and they're like, it's 10 days. I was like, what?
2: <sighs> See, it's right. Because it really, are we, um, we're not really paying attention, right? I mean, they're like the 13th overall. What's Does anybody know what, what the odds are on that? Should yes, it's 1.2%, I
0: believe. So that's 12.
2: Yeah. 12 uh, chances out of the 1,000 that they... That's that good math. Interested. That was really quick math. There. <laughs> yes. Wow. I wrote, I, wrote a, I wrote a draft lottery article. Oh, no, it was a whole series like last year. And so that's why, uh, that's why I knew what the, the combinations were right.
0: And I think it's a 1.1% or 0.8. I can't remember chance that we move backwards and Miami and then, jumps uh, us. So the, the odds are actually yeah. almost equal that we... I kind of am rooting for it. Just to move backwards. <laughs> yeah, I just got kinda... some serious
3: nugget. <laughs> that is, yeah, exactly. It, it
2: would be right. It's uh, man. It would be. It would be just uh, another in a long line of um, Nuggets. Sad lottery stories. But how about you know? I want to be optimistic. Um, yes, I want to talk about the, the reasons why we should win. Maybe that's why why we should win. Right? Is because they've uh, the Nuggets have never. I don't believe we've never moved forward. In the Correct. before, right. All right. So I mean that that would be my reason um, right off the bat. What about you, Kayla? What do you think uh, as far as why we should be moving forward in this lottery?
4: I mean, I think it would be fun just for, to have people like talk about the Nuggets like
2: at, at, around that time. So we would have some content for our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I, think,
4: I think it would be it would be new. Yeah,
2: yeah that would be. I, yeah. I totally agree. Um, I don't know. I, like we said, the odds are really really long. Um, but if we if we did end up winning it, uh, I think I think then it would actually be a really interesting mm-hmm. conversation because obviously Markel Fultz is. I, does anybody disagree?
0: Is probably the the best prospect in the draft. Oh, I disagree. But all right, all right well let's hear <laughs> it then. Who,
2: would, would you take Lonzo Ball over?
0: Well, everybody knows I'm super pro Team Lonzo, and I'm even more Team Lonzo for the Denver Nuggets because I think he he's weak at the area for the Denver Nuggets that it actually doesn't matter. So his weakness as a prospect is that he's not a great pick and roll off-the-dribble score, right? He's a good right. pick-and-roll decision-maker, but it, I think teams in the NBA level would just force him to shoot mid-range jumpers, which he's kind of bad at, especially going right. In Denver, though, what he's phenomenal at is, like, every other aspect of being a quarterback on on mm-hmm. offense. Mm-hmm. And he can shoot the ball when he's off the ball, and you don't need him to run pick-and-roll. What you need him to do is run DHOs with Nikola Jokic. Yeah, right. He would get Jokic more touches than Jokic has ever had. I mean, he, he would honestly be a good, like lead-from-behind point guard, where he's kind of steadying the ship, but the ball would be in Jokic's hands to kind of make decisions. I think he's an incredible, incredible player. If the Nuggets got the top pick, now here's where it's weird. The Nuggets have Emmanuel Moutier, Andrew
2: Jamal Moore, Murray, right?
0: Gary Harris. They're kind of loaded at this backcourt position in terms of just players. I think it would be a headache for the Nuggets front office, to, honestly, to win this one. as It's a headache they would take. Right, right. But it would be one of those headaches where it's like, man... Now we're going to get criticized probably for what we do because you have, we have to at that point, I'm guessing, move Emmanuel Moutier.
2: Right. Well, or so I think the other option you can do is you take Josh Jackson, right? Oh, man.
0: No, I think if you get the
3: number one pick, you have to take the best player. No, you, so you no matter take, what. You can't take the best fit. And, Dave, you would
2: think that would be Fultz,
3: right? I would take Marco Fultz, okay. yeah. Okay. And then move Jamal Murray to like an off ball guard kind of thing or so just like in like Kentucky yeah just go with three guard rotation of him Markel Fultz um Jamal Murray and Gary Harris and just
2: roll with that for the next seven years that would be tough you were, right I mean it would be because yeah you'd have to you'd have to get rid of Moody. there'd be no other way around it there's you can and you can get something can for Moody. right yeah I, I mean,
0: it wouldn't be I think they would have a better deal than the Nurkic deal yeah um but and it also might set the timeline back because again no matter how great you are as a point guard prospect it takes time to adjust and there would be an adjustment period so maybe the nuggets would be less all in on going you know all in this this next year coming up but i just think I think Lonzo Ball is is a stud, an absolute stud. So I know he's got would, the dad. I know yeah, he's I got all say, these things, you would, but... you would
2: invite all of that in if the Nuggets got the first pick. You would be, you especially you, Adam, as a guy who works probably more in the media than any of us. Um, the Nuggets to bring are... Lonzo Ball and Lavar Ball to the Nuggets are the
0: shoes right now. Yeah, I've got them, I've got them on five hundred bucks. <laughs> no, uh, no, but it's um, the Nuggets are. One of the teams, the organizations that I think traditionally has not had the infrastructure to handle LeVar Ball. Like there are – like yeah. like the Miami Heat are the perfect example of this, right? LeVar Ball tries to bring that into Pat Riley's office and he's going to be carried out by security, right? I mean they right. have they yeah. have the backbone and reputation to do that. Teams like the Nuggets, while I think that I like the leadership and, and even the ownership and some of the things they have in place, they just don't have the history. They don't have the – Six rings you can put on the table and say, LeVar, get out of here, right? Right. So I think that would be a problem. That would be one of the major drawbacks. Nonetheless, I think he would be such a perfect complement to Nicole Jokic, who's the cornerstone, that I'm looking at seven years of, of really, really exciting basketball. Number one offense in the NBA for seven years, I think. Championship contention? It's hard to say that. I mean, it, it would be ch- championship contention, yes. Championship, I don't know. But, but I think
2: I think that that's the only thing that that's going to keep Lavar Ball happy. Is I mean, mm. even if I think if if like Lonzo not winning rings in like three years, I can totally see Lavar Ball being like the guy that's coming out into like different media outlets, and you know, of course ESPN will run it and it'll be a headline, and we'll all have, have to deal with it. Like that would be my. Uh, my major concern I,
0: I think there might be a, I say this with no confidence whatsoever. <laughs> I think Lavar might not be as crazy as he appears. And you, I think you are you are in the small uh, s- small minority you know, there. I think I think there is a method to his madness, and I do foresee a situation where this distraction that he's been, kind of fades away and again look at it when have we ever spent this much time talking about the number two or three pick in the draft it's true. it never happens you always it's talk true. about the number one pick and, and you know it kind of like diminishes from there we're not even Markel Fultz I don't know what his parents look like <laughs> I've I've watched like three Markel Fultz's games I've seen a hundred mixtapes of Lonzo Ball and all these things because and I think that LeVar kind of knew what he was doing now he might also be crazy and he might. This might continue. That's why I say this with no confidence. But there is a situation where I think he kind of scales it back going forward. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to disagree. Okay. But, uh,
2: so uh, I mean, it's, obviously, it's fun to fantasize, and we 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 would all be thrilled if they um, if they got to the number one or two or even three pick.
0: Um, let me just say one other thing before, because I know you're all moving right. on. Yeah. The other thing that I think could be a real possibility if they landed it by mm-hmm. chance would be to trade it. And I know it's crazy to think – and let's say the number one, I think that's really tough. But Mm -hmm. number two or three, Jimmy Butler sitting out there. Yeah, I was going to say I can see something. And the Nuggets have been in this four-year rebuild and there's a little bit of impatience. And if you don't have an automatic, okay, this is our guy, which I don't think any of those three guys – I feel that way. But I don't know that the Nuggets front office will feel that way. They might trade for Jimmy Butler and boom, you're a top 14. I can see was. that with for the sure. with
3: the lottery, you can jump into one, two, or three. Right? Correct. Yep. Right. Yeah, yeah. You can't jump. Like, you're not. The Nuggets aren't going to go from
0: right from to like 13 four. to like seven or yeah. something like that. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's either a, one, two, one, two, two three, three, or 13. So you're
2: really you're really talking about if you're going to jump forward, you're talking about Ball, Fultz, or Jackson, or probably yep. the, the three guys you're looking at. And and like I th- I think Jackson would fit. On the team, I think he's certainly – you could um, plug him in on this core and, and that would be great. But you, there's no guarantee and it's going to be really hard for him to ever be better than Butler, right? So right. then you might as well just – if you can get Jimmy Butler for that pick, then yeah, I think he would take it. That's that's a good point. Um However, though, so if they stayed at 13, I mean what should they they do then? Do you think they just – they take a lottery guy? Kayla, I'll ask you first. What would you want to see him to do if they, they're just standing pat at 13?
4: Um, I wouldn't mind them, like, packaging, like, a pick. With, yeah, you know, I'm like, sure a Yeah, one. I mean, I, I just not, I don't know, I've never been that, like, I don't look that far ahead in the future, so I don't really see, like, players that are, um, in the draft that can really help us right away, so I, I think it'd be good if you sure. got, like, a player like Jimmy Butler.
2: And that is, I mean, that's that's the major point there, too, is, like, I don't think anybody at 13, especially with this, this roster now, and as packed as it was, and as packed as it will still be, because, right, because Gallo is really the only person who would, may or may not be back, um... Unless the Nuggets make some sort of deal, so as packed as the roster already is, it's hard to think a guy who's at the very back end of the lottery is going to end up getting any sort of significant minutes. I mean, Jamal Murray was seventh overall, and he got so so minutes this season. Um, I think I think if they if they were going to package and move up, though, I think they would have to really make that big jump. Like you you'd want to be getting into those one of those top three, top five spots. Because I mean, after even after Josh Jackson at third, what like fourth, fifth is a like Dennis Smith. Um, I'm trying to think who else is there. Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum, right. So, I mean, Tatum, Tatum would be interesting. Jonathan Isaac, but there's a lot of like point guards, I guess is the is the point that I'm getting at. And yeah.
0: so I think he, and shooting like between Monk, if you throw him, right? right. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. So I think uh, trading up would be interesting, but I think you really, if you're trading up, you're you're trying to get Jackson is, is really the target. Um, yeah, in that that scenario, personally, I wouldn't mind going with o, like an OG and. Go for Ananobi, it. I know. <laughs> I don't know either. I screwed up every time too. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, you, you, you were pretty close. Well, so, all right. So, what is it, Dan? You can. Oh, OG Ananobi. Ananobi. All right. I th- so I honestly think though, if they stay at thirteen, that's probably the guy <laughs> they're going to target because he's coming off the injury. He's going to take some time. So that you know, they're in a position they can bring someone along that. Um, slowly, he's he's in a position of need because he's a he's a wing who plays defense. Uh, probably the biggest need for the struggles nuggets. to make free throws Big <laughs> concerns. He's, <laughs> exactly. be he's, <laughs> he's, he's got nuggets written all over him. Daniel, will ask you, what would um would you obviously so he's
0: not your guy. Um No, I really like him. Yeah, all right. Daniel's our uh, draft expert, by the way. He, yeah, I
2: was gonna say you you probably are the, the best. <laughs> between draft you and
0: Ryan, I would say you guys have and, our, and then yeah, and we lean on you for expertise.
2: <laughs> so what would you what would you do at thirteen in the draft then?
3: I actually think it'd be kind of interesting. Um, I know like Kayla was saying, they try to package it and move it in a trade. I think there could be a lot of activity this summer just with teams uh, having to deal with the higher salary cap. They Last summer, yep. teams splurged in free agency. Now they might be Portland. looking at that and thinking, oh man, like we have all these high-priced assets. We, we kind of need to move out of them. If we have an opportunity to, to move that with a draft pick, we, we might be willing to do that so we can get out of this contract early. Um, so I think there, that would be something that they should do to try to just be really aggressive looking for a trade with that pick, mm-hmm. either moving up or moving back a couple. Not not like farther back in the 20s, but in that like right. 7 to 20 range. Right. Um, but if they aren't able to do that, I think they should try to take someone like OG Ananobi, a uh, defensive wing, or someone like Terrence Ferguson, who is kind of like a really young version of uh, Will Barton. He's yeah. taller and has longer Longer wingspan.
2: I could see that there was a kid too. I'm trying to not. I can't even remember his name. But there's there's the kid out of Germany. Um, Is it Hartenstein? Yeah, Hartenstein. Yeah, I sure. thought he might be a. a he's still kind of a guy who I think intrigues me. He's as like, a 7 footer because... that he's
3: been playing power forward. Right. Um, but he's kind of he's a little too stiff. I think to play power forward, and oh. it'd be kind of like the same situation we ran into with uh, um, yeah with our Merkich. former center, right? yeah. Jokic.
0: Yeah,
3: um, <laughs> where we were struggling with like. Pick and roll, you know, lateral mobility on the perimeter with our sure. power forward, but I would, I would see more, even more is it, But
2: he kind of, I think he kind of protects you, and then you can to not having to overpay Mason Plumley. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> which is, which is, I think, an, an issue. The Nuggets are gonna, well, they basically have to overpay him, or, or maybe take it well, then it, or take the egg on the face from being like that was the worst trade of your um of your tenure.
0: So, far. or there's a third option, and that there's just not a market for him, which I think. I don't know this for a of fact. This is me speculating. I think that's what the Nuggets are not banking on, but I think that that's what they. I, I think there's a realistic scenario in which nobody wants Mason Plumlee this summer. Yeah. Um, just because this last year, think about how many centers have flooded the market um, just over the last year, and look at what Jalil Okafor couldn't fetch anything. Nerlens Noel uh-huh. got nothing, you yeah. know, and, and he's a pretty good player. Nerlens is. I think. Um, I think there's a lot of centers now. In a league that is um, going away from centers, not really going away from centers, but really looking for, for just more versatility. Right. So, I think that they might look at him and and see exactly what he was in Portland, which is he's a great backup. Yep. yep. And how many teams are willing or in a position that they need a great backup because you don't overpay for a backup unless you're kind of like in the position the nuggets are. Mm-hmm. So,
3: yeah, I mean,
2: yeah,
0: Maybe. I think we'll see. The market information, okay.
3: Paul, is probably. Teams that have a young starting center, mm-hmm. um, that are don't have to pay a lot for that position for their starter and can afford to pay more for their backup, but also don't have a high-priced backup currently on their roster. So yeah. that eliminates a lot of. Uh, yeah, like, like that it eliminates like twenty right. to thirty teams in the evening.
0: <laughs> but I think I think it was Dan that said it, but whoever said it, I think it was right. I think this will be a pretty active summer. Yeah. Um, not from the, I think the Nuggets it'll be an active summer too, but I think there'll be a lot more movement than we've seen in most draft early free agencies.
2: It would be... I mean, it would be... It would definitely be... That would would be a shift too, right? I mean, I think these past couple of summers it's been pretty... I mean, fairly (coughs) quiet. We hear hear a lot of talk,
0: but... um, Do you think this happens whenever there's uncertainty? Like, this is what happens in an uncertain market, right? People kind of want to watch and see. And last year, with the new pay scale, the Lakers... It was minute one, but 12.01 PM that they offered the Moscow this crazy deal. Outside of them and a few others, I think a lot of teams were like, well, let's just see how this plays out and see what the new dynamics are. And now that I think everybody understands the new dynamics.
3: Yeah. Man. I don't think you're going to see anybody giving. Timothy Mon- Moscow Moskov, and the little thing a hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah, or, or
2: or I mean, or something like what Portland did, right? When they added Alan Crabb and Evan Turner, and they resigned, um, well, 100 million million. And, and Mo Harkless, right I mean, they paid all of those guys, and they were the middling level players. Um, and now they're they're strapped with a team that's competing for the seed like, at best. Alan
3: Allen Crab is making more money than Paul George. Yeah, which is insane. <laughs> which is God insane. bless the NBA.
2: Well, yeah, well, just just you know, everybody we talk about Paul Millsap a lot, and uh, just think how much he had to pay that guy. So... Um, so you know what we'll we'll go ahead and we'll we'll shift into the next the next segment here, which is we're gonna get there's a couple of odds and ends I guess to cover the Nuggets. We we still at least try and keep the Pickaxe Podcast somewhat about what's
0: going on with the Nuggets every week. And um, I, I like it even when you guys didn't last last week <laughs> the talk about ESPN that was great. That was it was fun. It it's was interesting in the, stuff.
2: Right, exactly. And it's it, and I was there was just thinking the other day I was like man I'm kind of like liking the podcast after the season now because we have more freedom to just mess around. Just do, and you like the podcast.
3: It. Go to iTunes and leave a rating and review. And le- oh right. my goodness! Yes. Look at
2: Daniel. Ah, Dan's gonna be our marketing uh, <laughs> marketing manager next season for sure. Um, so one one thing that came up about the Nuggets and it's it's not it's really like long um, long term. But Adam, I <clears> know <enough, throat> something that you want to you want to talk about. Um, just because me and you especially get to see it quite often down there is the Nuggets practice facility and how small and well crappy it is basically to. To put it bluntly, but um, so Josh Cronkin, he was more talking about the avalanche, but one of the big things that's happening uh, for anybody who follows Denver real estate, I guess, or one of the kind of things that's been in the news lately is they're, they're kind of noticing the, those parking lots over at the Elitch Gardens are basically just using up, you know, wasted
0: space for what, six months, seven, eight months of the year um even so, when they're a parking lot it's wasted space that's prime denver real estate right, for a parking right. lot
2: exactly exactly and then they're huge so there's there's all this space there so they've been talking about obviously the Cronkies own it um own the land there and one of the things josh Cronk was talking about was making a practice facility for the avalanche and the idea was kind of thrown out that hey maybe they'll um it'll be used by both the avalanche and, and the nuggets um it's kind of hard to see how that because it wouldn't be like the pepsi center i'm sure they wouldn't have like just one area where they'd swap the floor in and out like that. Right. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. But you like I said, they got the space. So Adam, I guess I'll, I'll ask you first, man, about what do you think? Is, it, is, it, is it, Like how necessary is it? We kind of make a big deal about it. Um, but how necessary is it for them really to get a new practice facility?
0: As necessary as possible. Oh wow! All right. Yeah, and so here's my take on this. Um, I missed the interview with Josh, so I didn't hear this. Um, I saw it on the manifest for right. for this thing, but I didn't. <laughs> but I so I didn't hear what his comments are. I'm very curious to hear him. But um, here's the here's the thing. One of the things that has been tough covering this team because I'm a fan, right? I like the Denver Nuggets. I root for them to do well. And seeing kind of behind the curtain, the Denver Nuggets are not. Uh, a organization that people envy being a part of. You know, yeah, if you, you not too many yeah. people grow up Denver Nuggets fans, but then when you get traded there, the idea is, at least in part, it seems to me. This is me, you know, reading from hearing conversations and talking to people. It seems like. Oh, bummer. I'm going to the Nuggets. We got that tiny gym. And it used to be we have that crappy locker room. They updated right, the locker yeah. room, which was like the cheapest thing and they could have now, done. And
2: now, right, now they got the parking garage. <laughs> There's <laughs> no parking garage. i got to
0: go, go scrape my own car, oh, right, which is like, right. you know, kind of hilarious. But now, yeah, they have a, a parking. I would call it more of a carport than a garage. Yeah, it is like an oversized carport. That's, yeah. that's so having a – this is just – I, I call it an arms race in the NBA. And it's been going on for a while, but especially the last five years, where teams are starting to do this like – Hey, come play for us. We got all, we're spending all this money on our players because we want you to be the best version of you. And then you come to the nugget and it's like, yeah, hey, we have to, you know, we have this tiny court. You guys have to share hoops because it's basically the size of a high school auxiliary gym. It is. It, not not basically. I mean, it is, right? That they is... cannot, there's one full court. So yeah, you exactly. talk about trying to run drills with like big guys here. hear, you can't do that. Right. There's only one court. Yeah. So yeah, it is. I think it's incredibly important and not just important, by the way, for like practices and training camp. It's just important because you want to be able to recruit people and say, imagine working on your game in this gym mm-hmm. where you have all this time as opposed to the Nuggets gym where it's like, oh, man, if Gary Harris wants to go get shots up with his personal trainer or something in the summer, oh, man, Will Barton's in here. I got to share the hoop with him. Like, It's kind of a – I think it's incredibly, incredibly important to make themselves an attractive market going forward
2: no yeah and it's an excellent point i think you make and, and we we actually have a, a pretty good precedent recent precedent um to base it off of which is cu right not too long ago mm-hmm. cu's facilities football and basketball were notorious for how bad they were and how hard it was for them to recruit in the pac-12 when we're going up against teams like usc arizona all these things that uh schools that had these great facilities um so you invested a lot of money in upgrading their their facilities and that's definitely helped uh, get them some better recruiting classes football especially so I, I totally agree and then especially I mean the NBA like the Nuggets are not they're not a premier franchise they, they're just not The Denver is not a premier city and, and in the NBA more so probably than any other professional league being in a premier city with a premier franchise I think matters especially to to the star players of the league so you don't have that working for you you can't really come up short anywhere else, right? Everything else has got to got to knock these these guys socks off, so that way they can overlook the fact, hey, I'm actually going to Denver uh, to play for the Nuggets. Um, and I think is the sad truth of it. So, I, I agree with you on that part. The um, another thing though that that the Nuggets I think really need um, more so than the practice facility is, 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 is a D league team. Like I, I would have been way happier even if Josh Crocker was like, we're going to build like a tiny little basketball <coughs> arena here next to Ilitch, so we can have the Denver. Whatever D league team, um, Kayla, I want to get your thoughts on this. What, how important do you think it is for the Nuggets to get a D league team? I don't, I don't know if they're going to have one this season. If, if every day that passes, it seems less and less likely. I
0: think, I think I'll just say I don't think it's coming this year.
2: I, see, I agree. But um, Kayla, I want to get your thoughts. Like, what do you think? How are you? Would you be upset if they don't have a D league team this year? How big of a deal do you think that is?
4: Uh, I mean, I would definitely like to see it, especially now because we have so many young players. And right, I mean, I'm sure Malik Beasley would really appreciated that last season, but. Um, I mean, I, I won't be, like, too upset about it, but I definitely think in the near future we should definitely get one just to keep keep the pace with everybody else.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, the new CBA allows for two-way contracts right. with some of the players. So. And two,
2: two extra roster spots as well now, two more inactive roster spots. So you can actually have um, up to 17 guys signed instead of 15, and you could be potentially putting... Yeah. You can, You only dress thirteen players, right? So
3: I think the the example that I usually turn to for why the Nuggets should have a D league team is Patrick Beverly, who's starting for the Rockets in the playoffs yeah, right now. It would be great if um, he was on the Nuggets? Patrick Beverly started off in the Rockets D league. It's like Rio Grande Vipers. Vipers. Yep. Um, but they they were able to have their organizations coaches say, "Okay, look, these are the attributes that we think are your strengths, but we'd like you to become a point guard for." Our NBA team, but mm-hmm. we need you to work on these things, but then they can tell those coaches okay, here, work with Patrick on these things, and right. then when, like, when we send Malik Beasley to Iowa the Nuggets can't call those coaches and be like, hey, work with Malik on this, and they're like, nah, we're not we're right. not, You're part of your team, like, right. we're going to focus on our players <clears throat> so I think that that's one path where you can look and see, like, the Rockets were able to get draft, take a guy, put him on their D-League team, help him develop certain skills, and then bring him to the NBA, now he's like He's a great point guard right. for, for his yeah. role. he's. I mean, he, he has a limited ceiling, but like, he's. I don't think anybody's looking at Patrick Reverend like that. Ah, he's, he's a bad player. He's incredible. He's an amazing player. Patrick His path went through the D League, through the Rockets. And right. For the Nuggets, it's like, you know, we draft these guys or we've made target guys. We're like, all right, your path is on the bench for the Nuggets for half of the season. You might spend some of the time in Iowa. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time, you're just practicing mm-hmm. in our high school auxiliary gym. Or you're running stairs over at Red Rocks like right. that's how you're going to develop and like that hurts your franchise because you're investing a lot of <coughs> money to these players and then you're not you're, yeah. not you're not taking the steps to make them the best that they can be.
2: And think, think about like if, if the Nuggets had had a D-League team I don't think they not, not even think I pretty much know they would not have done this but um, if Emmanuel Moutier could have been a guy who could have like had some time in the D-League um, how much of that would have helped them obviously they weren't going to do that because Just they for wanted rehab to be the face the franchise
0: I think they would have <laughs> You think so? Especially had they launched it his rookie season, because that would have actually drawn a little attention. That's true. I mean, I would have watched. Yeah. Because yeah. I want to see. I mean, Malik Beasley, I watched his games when he was down there. And I know I'm not a representative <laughs> of the casual Nuggets fan, but... We say this
2: as I look at your four teamies. Over yes, here of course.
0: But I think beyond just the player development, which is important... Malik Beasley, it wasn't a wasted season by any means. There was a very useful season for him in a lot of ways, but it was wasted in that he missed out on opportunities that I think he really could have gotten, not just to go down to a D-League team when you assign it to somebody else's coach, but when you actually control the team and say, look, here's what I want you to do with Malik. Here's the plays I want you to run. This is how many touches and where I want his to... Like, you can really orchestrate how he's used in addition to just getting him reps. And then on top of that... D-League teams They really have been Evolving over the last Few years They can be used As experiments For a yeah. team Both for players Experiments But also just Technologies um, You know th- Wearables and different different things that you can you you can try out in your D league team that maybe you can't in the NBA. Coaching strategies. I think it might have been Rio Grande Valley or one of those teams that was shooting like fifty five three pointers a game. That's them. Yeah. That's them. And it's yeah, like
2: it makes total sense for the Rockets, right? Exactly.
0: And so if you have you you can kind of do something there first because if it fails, you then you can just notices. and you can collect data from that and just kind sure. of like you you learn something new about the game. So I think it's incredibly uh, the problem with the D league, unlike the training facility. A D league is a constant sunk cost. That's a, that's something yeah, you lose money on every league, single time, and I don't either. think there's a way to leverage that.
2: So, those, but maybe I mean I don't, because I look at teams like so, like I because one of the spots that maybe the the Nuggets would end up playing is up north, um, at the Budweiser Event Center in Loveland, and and the Colorado Eagles play there, and that team I think I mean I don't know, but I, I would assume just judging um, off the money they're spending that they're making a decent profit. So I don't know if. I mean, I think if you find the right local niche, it's possible. Maybe I don't know. Like minor league basketball is such like a new concept. I think that it doesn't. you think about like minor league baseball teams make money. I mean, they. It's, you got to find like that right community for it. And I don't know the, why they, they have
3: the best promotions. It's, it's true, and maybe <laughs> that's. I mean, maybe that's promotions. what you have to do. But um, but, but you're right. Baseball I mean, is such a
0: fun sport to like. I could watch the Rockies the same as the Sky Sox. Like I don't care about it's the true. game at all, but it's I do true. like being out in the sun and drinking beer with friends. Like there, there you <laughs> go, man. That's. That's what it's all really about. I could carry less if the team is struggling. Oh, you guys know this quote? No. It's <laughs> a shame. That was Joe Namath's <laughs> quote right before he tried to kiss Susie Colbert. Oh jeez. <sighs> That's a that was a great reference I just dropped. Oh, kids. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We ruined the podcast gold. Pe- <laughs> Pe-
0: people Mario. listening in their cars right now are standing up and applauding <laughs> that, that A-plus as reference. <laughs> as, they're,
2: as they're getting in wrecks on the highway, it's, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> terrible. All right, one more thing to we'll get to, and then we'll go. We'll take a break, and we'll, when we get back from the break, we'll get into some more general NBA stuff. Um, Malik Beasley has his, has his jersey retired uh, by his high school. That happened this week. I want to say congrats to Malik. That's awesome. Um Kayla, who's the most anybody you have there just retired from your high school?
4: I I really don't think so. I mean, I'm not sure, oh. but yeah, I don't know. Where'd you go? Green Mountain. Okay, yeah. Green yeah. Mountain High School. Yeah. I mean, there some good. I some good basketball players, but I, I don't know. I doubt
2: anybody you know know it. Anybody know? But nobody who made the pros or anything.
4: No, I mean not that I know of, but I really doubt
2: it. All right, slackers. <laughs> um, Dan, what about you? Anybody from your high school been a big? Oh,
3: no, no way. <laughs> no, <laughs> I went to Conifer High School. That thing opened up in like
0: 2000. You know. And,
2: I'm, I'm actually, bunch I'm bunch I am actually – I'm getting shocked here that no one – what about you, Adam? Anybody from
0: – They're working on my statue right they're
2: now. They're working on your <laughs> – yeah, when is, when
0: is the Adam Mars? It should be unveiled uh, any moment. Retirement um, ceremony. The, o- the <laughs> only
3: professional athlete I know from that area went to Evergreen High School, and he played baseball for
2: the Padres, but I don't even huh.
0: remember his name. <laughs> That's crazy. So I don't know. Do
2: you guys know Pat Garrity? Hmm? Uh, yeah, so he went to my high school. Um, he's now, I think he's working for the Orlando Magic, uh, in their front office, but he played for the Magic for a long time. Um, and then Josh Adams. What school is this? Uh, Lewis Palmer.
0: Okay. Uh, oh yeah. No, that's like a, that's like a real good basketball school. Yeah. Though, right? well, Every funny. year they're good.
2: Well, they, they used to, for a long time they were really bad. Um, and then, then uh-huh. my class, uh, we had like everybody, there was like at least six or seven guys in my class were all like six foot seven tall, which in 4A Colorado State basketball is like, you know. Uh-huh balling time Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then from ever since then, they've been on the big, very, very good. The the coach
0: is really good. He runs the he runs the Princeton system. <laughs> is it? Do you know the coach?
2: Uh, yeah, I can't
0: remember his is name. Is it Nick name. Mayer? No. Okay, because no. I was gonna say I thought CC's old coach I mean, went well, to maybe it could
2: be it could be now. It wasn't when I was. Uh, I was okay. there. It wasn't when Pat was there. Um,
0: I think my old coach is is it because there's Palmer and then there's Lewis Palmer and then there's Palmer Ridge and Palmer he yeah. might be Palmer Ridge. Yeah,
2: Palmer Ridge. Yeah, that's a new school. That okay, it's a little bit more or
0: north. Of yeah, exactly. The yeah, Springs. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I think that's the one he's at. Yep. So we don't uh, have a connection. I will say this: Thornton is known for being terrible at sports. Like <laughs> it's just it's, like it's a it's on the poor end of of schools, and it's like. <laughs>
2: yeah, But that's not. I mean. The, the, there's definitely some athletes who come out of poor schools. I mean, no,
0: but but here's what I was gonna say. It's um it, one of the things it's known for is having migrant workers or migrant families, right? They're like seasonal, so we always have like a huge turnaround, even with our sports from year to year. But we're so bad at basketball traditionally. <laughs> that they hung up a banner for my senior season when all we did was make the Sweet 16. We yes. weren't even a top... We didn't win anything. We, weren't top, we were not top finals. 10. We were top yes. 16, and they hung a banner for it. And so now if you go to Thornton High, there's a banner it's not, up there. It's
2: not even, 16's not even quarterfinals. Yeah, that's, yeah, well, it's the Sweet 16. It's yeah, it's the
0: sweet we won two playoff games, yes. and I was like, you know what? We're hanging a banner for this. We're okay. hanging. It's the only one. Huh. The only basketball huh. banner are, in the 100 years.
2: That's That's... That's the millennial, that's trainer, millennial treatment right <laughs> that there. That's true. is a participation <laughs> trophy. <laughs> <laughs> trophy. All right, tell you what, we'll go ahead and take a break. Um, when we come back, we'll get into the playoffs. We'll, we'll do our Stiffy Awards. We'll bring this back to Stiffy Awards. You guys we will we'll have that up on DenverStiffs.com, but we'll talk a little bit about it. Um, and we'll actually get into a little talk about LeBron James as well. So we'll, we'll get right back with you guys. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family owned and operated business that serves the front range and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. All my friends are heathens, take it slow. Wait for them to ask you who you know. Please don't make any sudden moves You don't know the half of the abuse All my friends are Alright everyone, welcome back to the Pickaxe Podcast. Podcast uh, I am Zach Kinkosh, as I said, we are here um, We are here, here with uh, Dan Lewis, Adam Mares, and... Kayla Osby it is, the, it is the first time they're doing a quartet, at least since I've been running I don't know if Adam ever did, you know, got the four guests. I think he did. I, I remember a couple times he had four guests on there. He had,
3: I the, he had the infamous Beard Roundtable. The, the Beard Roundtable! <laughs> we had, we had <laughs> that was my best we moment. We had a Locked On Summit thing, I think that's what they're called, and Adam starts it off by asking uh, T.G. McBride of BSN, I, I think you're the only Nuggets writer that has a beard. And the three other guests. <laughs> From the I Haley, was Me, TJ, did. and Matt Moore all have <laughs> <deaf> beards. <laughs> He's the only one that didn't yeah. have a beard. Uh,
2: that's that's why we love you right there. Yeah. <laughs> um. So take a look, guys. I want to talk some playoffs, man. It's um. It's the best thing to talk about right now. We're into the uh, we're into the second round. Um, Kayla, I'm going to go to you first on this uh, favorite series out of out of the four second round series. Which one have you enjoyed the most? Uh,
4: I think Boston and, and Washington. Boston, Washington. That's pretty Yeah, cool. I think it's going to be um, probably go the, the most games, and it's obviously really physical. And Isaiah Thomas is really fun to watch. So I think that.
2: Are you Are game. you saying you're rooting for the Celtics on it? Or? Uh, yeah, I probably am. Ugh.
4: Yeah.
2: I uh, I'm I'm definitely rooting for the Wizards. i I think the Wizards are my are my team. That you said for. that
0: in an interesting way, though, Kayla. Did because you weren't a Celtics fan, but like watching the series, you're rooting. Yeah. For them.
4: I mean, I I don't usually like root for. I mean, I just have to kind of pick a team once the playoffs start, and I just have um, enjoyed watching
0: them play. So I think playoffs reveal where your allegiances are because, mm-hmm. like, I don't think watching the Spurs, I don't have anything against the Spurs, and I'm rooting so hard against them, and I'm like, why am I rooting against them? I don't care who wins this. And like, a playoff series brings it out of you that your secret rooting interest. See, that's it's
2: very true. I, I think of the Spurs too. I don't know. Like, I, I can't get. I don't. I just don't get into the Spurs because they're just. <sighs> the Spurs, like they <laughs> <are> the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's like rooting for the Patriots. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. The Patriots are. Worse. Um, Dan, what about you? What's your uh, what's this second round series? Are you are you enjoying the most? Um, I'm
3: I'm really liking watching LeBron play through these Fair playoffs. He's <laughs> <this has> been on <laughs> an incredible stretch. Don't want to get into the next segment too much. Um, but I'm also really liking the the Warriors Jazz series. Just you know, they're a fellow Northwest Division team. Um, it's been fun to watch the Jazz kind of develop, but like I kind of just want to see like if the Warriors are going to lose it all in the playoffs. If they're gonna,
2: no one's ever swept, right? the The Lakers, um, they went sixteen one. Sixteen one. They lost that that one game. Iverson <coughs> went crazy. Um, but yeah, no one's ever swept. Squ- which I don't think the Warriors would sweep either because that, they, they, uh, I don't think they're going to sweep Cleveland. That's that's the tough part. Um, because just because I think LeBron could, uh, LeBron will go crazy at least one game, um, at least one game. Um, I, I've been, I'm kind of with, um, I'm kind of with Kayla. I, I really like the, the Boston Washington. Was just because I, I picked Washington as my team to root for. Mm. Um, and it was because they got, like, I had no allegiances to them. I right? yeah. was like, who, when do I ever care about the Wizards? I don't. So, um, it's kind of been fun, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if they're, I think, I think you're right. I think it's got a good chance to go seven games mm. on that one. The other one that probably more before Tony Parker gets hurt, you might've thought go seven games would be, would be the Rockets Spurs. Um, And what do you think about that that series? Because I think that I surprised nobody else has picked that one as as their favorite. Well, I was going to. All right, there you go.
0: (laughs) But I was going to second Daniel and just say LeBron's my favorite athlete of all time. My favorite basketball player. I think he's the greatest player I've ever watched personally. And so watching him is always fun. And I think having four shooters, this is the most spacing he's ever had in his life. Yeah. And people are saying this is his best playoffs ever. And I don't think he's the best player he's ever been. I definitely think he slowed down. But you give him that much spacing, I wish he had four shooters his whole career. Because it's just like, what would he have looked like in 2009? But with this series, the Rockets-Spurs one, it is fascinating. Uh, I thought the, I think the Rockets are the better team. Yep, Last heard. night surprised me. Because I yeah. thought for sure the Rockets were going to, to handle him. I do think they'll have an answer in Game 4 that could even this out. And the, you talk about the loss of Tony Parker. I actually think the Spurs are stumbling into something, and I wrote about this on Vice that I think it benefits them, and that is point Kawhi Leonard. Really? I think him as an initiator, not look point guard, is a very loose term, right? Like Especially, he's not yeah, no, he's, he's, he's not actually bringing the ball up and like initiating, right. but just as the guy that like has the ball in his hands, making plays, running pick and rolls for him. That's when I think they're going to unlock their their most potential on offense, and they've kind of had to do that by necessity. Um, even before Tony Parker went out, they had to do that by necessity. And I think, uh, I, I think the loss of Tony Parker isn't as big as maybe it seems.
2: Sure. Yeah. It's definitely not as big as it, as it used to be, I think in, in past years, especially because Patty Mills is, is a, is a very good, competent backup. Damn. What are you I, thinking. I, when
3: watching the Spurs right now, mm-hmm. it, it's very reminiscent to me of that, uh, Lakers run for the finals with, when they had Kobe and Powell, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I think their point guard was Derek Fisher all those years. Right, exactly. But, like, mm-hmm. but you think of those teams, you're not like, oh man, like, Derek Fisher. Yeah, ran exactly, exactly. Huge for the Lakers. Other ran that, that team, no. But like, no, right. the, they're just giving the ball to Kobe, and he was putting up like 35 points a right, game. Right, right. Well, Kawhi, they're just giving the ball to Kawhi and letting him score 35 points a game. <laughs> On but half like, the shots. Oh, <laughs> extremely efficient. But like, last night I think they had a lineup of like, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, Jonathan Simmons, and like... Couple other forwards, but there was like there was no like guards really yeah. on the floor, and they were just destroying the Rockets. It's like it's just incredible to watch Kawhi Leonard play basketball. Yeah, like, no,
2: he's he's really really good. Kawhi is one of those guys where you look at because I think you start thinking now as you, as, I, as you were saying, LeBron's kind of starting to slow down, and, and so the the discussion is starting to kind of pick up. Okay, who's like the next? Just as we always used to do with Jordan for a long time, it was like who's going to be the next? Um, you know. Clearly, number one right. player in the league.
0: Clearly, um, being the important part, yeah. right?
2: Exactly, and they don't come along um, all that often. You got kind of lucky with, with LeBron coming in right after Jordan. I um, was at the Taylor's Group, but yeah, those are kind of weird years where it wasn't um, where nobody was really good in the late nineties of basketball, early two thousands, are kind of a deadland, land um, with only the, the Lakers being good. But um, that's kind of th- what where we're, we're, we're Seeing though these these playoffs go in general is because we're starting to see. Um, really, we just have these two guys. We have we have LeBron, um, and then we have the super team, the Warriors, and and everybody else is just kind of like like that's why I'm not into the Jazz because it was right. like all oh, right, well they're gonna, they're gonna run into the Warriors and they're gonna be done. Um, we'll see tonight. We'll see. We'll we will see tonight. Kayla, um, what do you who would you think has the best chance of Beating one of these Cavs or Warriors in the, in, with Out of the other six teams that are left
4: I think the Spurs I don't know I just I think they I, They Spurs. have a lot of experience And um, I mean, Obviously with, with Greg Popovich I just Like trust that team That I don't know I think I, I mean, Obviously Tony Parker being out Hurts them But um, Kawhi Leonard I think it's, it's Yeah he's really good And I can see them <laughs> At least taking
2: it to six or seven games. The nice thing about with the Spurs, like it can do with the Warriors, is like, because you have quiet and because he's such a great defender, right? You can, all right, we at least know we've got one guy we can, or we can put him on Durant and at least slow um, Durant down. I think the problem uh, the Spurs are going to have is, is I don't think they have anybody who can really um, deal with their backcourt because you got Danny Green, who's a good defender, but. Um, Now now you're down to Patty Mills playing point guard, and Patty Mills is not going to be able to defend. Dejounte Murray, exactly. So, um, but that's true of probably any team you could say. I mean, because I would think I think another team. um, I don't, Dan, Adam, you guys can chime in, but I I think the Rockets are probably um, a team you could also say, hey, maybe there's a chance they can do it. But it's just, it's just with that those Warriors teams, like there's just no way you can figure out, okay. these guys are going to match up enough to where feasibly not one of these four excellent players for the Warriors are not going to end up winning the game for them.
3: This podcast is coming out on a Sunday. It's going to come out tomorrow, yeah, on yeah, Sunday. So I, I think tomorrow might be the last time the Raptors
2: play in the playoffs. Oh, oh yeah. there it goes. <laughs> that is very true. Well, I would be
0: shocked if it wasn't.
2: Yeah, right. I think the, um, the Raptors are just. I mean, they they're. They have really nothing. I mean, and nobody does, but they especially have nothing that they can stop LeBron. Can you
0: put yourself into Raptor shoes? Honestly, think about this. You're worth millions of dollars as an individual. Right. You're down zero games to three to a team that's clearly better. You're going up against a player you have no answer for. How motivated are you for Game Four? True. I mean, I always wonder this about professional athletes. Now these guys are trained. And they they're in a different mind frame than me. Right. right, they're they're. Right, they have it's a, about the pride, but and, they know. You saw yeah. Kyle Lowry's quote. He knows the writing's yeah. on the wall. It's hard to come yeah. out and compete at the highest level when you're like, why don't I just get my vacation started early? I'm already at home. Right, we'll have so, to pack another bag. Exactly. <laughs> so, it's, it's, just, argument, it's just a quick Toronto.
2: drive home, yeah, exactly. Nobody it's, wants to go back
0: to Cleveland just to lose it's, by it's
2: 40. Really true, really true. I mean, maybe if LeBron was like still playing in Miami, yeah, then they yeah. Play, they'd want be like, all right, one more, you know, then we can just take the <laughs> yeah, vacation. Exactly, catch the cruise <laughs> on the way out, right, exactly. But Cleveland, they're like, oh, why are you fouling? I'm getting on a boat in six hours, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. Um, no, yeah, yeah. I think Toronto's I th- if you were to talk about teams in the east. Um, I thought the Wizards. I really did think that they had like the sneakiest chance, just because okay, so Otto Porter Jr. is a decent defender, um, so you can, he could maybe good. he can do something against. Yeah, he's a good defender. He maybe can do something against LeBron. Um, John Wall is is a, is a decent defender, and you got him matching up against Kyrie. Um, you know, I mean, obviously Kevin Love is guy, but I think Kevin Love's the guy you can be able to basically let Kevin Love get his. You're probably if that's all that happens, you're probably gonna end up winning some games against Cleveland. So I thought Washington, but I, I, don't, I don't know. Washington's gonna have a hard time um, getting. Getting back from, um, I think from past the Celtics, I just did. for whatever
0: reason they don't seem to be able to. I don't think they're going to be able to. Isaiah
2: Thomas. I guess, that, I guess that is the reason too. Yeah. Well, you Thomas take out his right two now.
0: monster game. I mean, maybe that's what it takes from Boston to actually win, and I think it might be. Yeah. Because in all three games, Washington has been by far the superior team with their starters, right? Yeah, They've jumped out of these giant leads. They just can't hold on to because their yeah. bench is that bad. Now you throw away Kelly Oubre. Yeah. Who what? I don't. I don't I actually kind of like Kelly Oubre as a prospect. He's not ready for the moment now. But you take him out, I don't even know who's going to play in this next game. I mean, they're going to start digging deep into an already terrible Sadaransky. deck. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Who, by exactly. the way, Wizards fans love? That's <laughs> like their guy that they, they guarantee you he's like he's way like better their, than anyone like, thinks. He's their
3: version of <laughs> Malik Beasley. Yeah, he <laughs> <it laughs> kind of is. Yeah.
0: I actually, hey, I, I think Malik's gonna be. I, I'm that guy. I'm that <laughs> guy. <laughs> there he goes. You guys just wait. You just hey, just let's wait. not talk about. My guy that way, all right? <laughs> um.
2: Well, so I want to wrap up the playoff discussion with, uh, with, with, with the kind of the, the key topic or the the hot take that uh, that everybody's going around right now with um, is is this bad for? Uh, for the NBA, this this lack of parity, this fact that we're gonna get, in all likelihood, we're gonna get the Cavs and Warriors um, three times in a row, which will be, I think, it's been what the last time that happened was the. Um, well, I don't, I can't, I can't even think of the last time we had three of the same teams. It like, Happened
0: had, to Lakers, Celtics, like, maybe. And maybe Lakers, yeah, I it make. had to be
2: like Lakers, Celtics, um, maybe. Cause the, I know they meant three times in four the
3: years. Bulls, the Bulls, Bulls wait, the Jazz wait, did two Lakers, times in a row?
0: Lakers, Pistons played three times in a row? Did they not? Maybe they didn't play the last one. No, Pistons went twice. Yeah, in a twice. Row. Okay, both times. Right. Yeah, but they lost the year before on Isaiah rolling his ankle in Game Six, and then Game oh, Seven, yeah, the Lakers won in eighty-eight, I believe, eighty-seven. That, that sounds about right. So, so right, anyway, either way, anyway, it's, it's been, been a long, it a while. Time. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's been a long time. But the fact of the matter is, but you look at the other teams. Okay, so. Um, in the NFL, I don't believe it's ever happened. And in fact, no, I know for a fact it's never happened. There's never been a team who's made up even just one team. Has the never same made two Super teams Bowl. making it three times. In yeah, a row. Three, not, not even. I don't think one team has never even made it, other than the Bills losing four times. Right, over, right, I right. Say right. That. But um, yeah, same two teams. That's never happened. Um, I don't think it's ever happened in, in baseball, and I don't think it's ever happened in hockey either. I mean, there's probably some crazy hockey historian who's gonna show up maybe in the comments and be like, ah, <laughs> actually, back in '67. Yeah, uh, yeah, but. Um, but the, so the point is, and I don't think anybody's disagreeing that the parody, if if of all the leagues, the NBA lacks parody the most. Kayla, um, what do you think? Do you think it, it hurts, uh, it hurts league, or or is this kind of like the super star, super team um, model? Do you think it, was, it works?
4: Um, I mean, I think in a way it might be good because obviously everybody knows LeBron and a lot of people like like right. the Warriors, so they're always going to watch. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I think it's it's just the fans that watch like the NBA on a regular basis that probably get annoyed by it the most. Um, Cause it's, sure. it is just the same two, same two <clears> things. <throat> but I think it, since it's LeBron and Steph Curry and everybody's going to want to watch them, it might be people are always going to tune in.
2: That's very true. And it is, I think um, more so basketball than any other, any other sport uh, can be dominated by one player. Um, and so it makes sense to highlight those players who can do that because everybody, you know, you watch it and it's incredible to watch. I mean, we love watching LeBron, right? And it's because he dominates the game all by himself. Um, I tend to think it's somewhat I, – I want to be the guy who says like, yeah, this sucks and it's bad for the NBA just because the Nuggets are not one of the teams right. who is making – I'm sure if I was a Warriors fan or a Cavs fan, I would have a totally, uh, totally different viewpoint on it. Dan, what do you think? Well – you know, I'm, I'm a very
3: passionate NBA fan, so I'm going to be
2: watching anyways.
3: Right. And whenever I try to think of, like, casual person watching sports <coughs> and how they feel about it, I, I ask my mom because, you know, I I turned on the uh, Rocket Spurs game yesterday and I was at my parents' mm-hmm. and my mom thought that James Harden had just gotten traded to the Rockets from the Thunder. <laughs> like, she still <laughs> thought that James Harden was on the Thunder because she just doesn't follow the NBA very much. Right. She, and uh... so...
2: Huh? So has she watched the Warriors game yet? Yeah. No, she be <laughs> very straight. surprised if Kevin was on the But
3: I, I think of her in like if that's your like average person that's hasn't been introduced to the NBA lately, like having <clears throat> having the Cavaliers and the Warriors be really good is is great for those kind of people because as a passionate fan, I can tell you know that my friends and family that aren't very big NBA fans like this these are really good teams and you should watch them play because. They've been to the finals a couple of years in a row. They've had a great rivalry. These are the best players. Like you should want to, if you're going to watch basketball, like this, these are the two teams that you should watch them play. So I think, I mean, it's, it's bad for us because we want to see teams like the Nuggets right. make the playoffs yes. and compete for a championship. But for everyone else and you know, the 200 million people that aren't watching NBA games every night, I think it's a lot better because it helps them like get introduced to really great
0: basketball. True. It is great basketball. Honestly, the last two finals, the, the, the two years ago, the Cavs were short-handed. Yeah. They gave a valiant effort, but the bas- the level of basketball, the play was so high. LeBron and the Heat, actually 2014, I think might have been the highest. The the Spurs in 2014 played some of the best basketball I've yeah. ever seen in my life. They just pe- I don't think they're one of the best teams, but they peaked in that finals. Um so I think and then here's the thing. What's going to be higher rated? Cavs Warriors 3, or somehow Rockets Toronto sneaks into the play. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's you know, watching that. Yeah. And those are two big markets, Houston right. and Toronto. Those are right. big cities. Now, here's – so I, I think the parody thing, who cares? That, that's my personal take. I love basketball. I want to watch the best teams. The Nuggets fan, though,
2: it doesn't – Nuggets might get there.
0: It's not like the Warriors have been dominating the league it's for true. 30, they were 40 years. For they were, yeah. yeah. So the Nuggets might get there, and then they'll have their reign. And like you said, it's the nature of basketball. Don't try to correct – It's this thing of like, don't try to correct nature. Don't try to correct the the fact that basketball, one player has such a big impact. And if you try to adjust for that, you're going to screw everything up. But here's where I'll say the league is wrong. The Nuggets were on TV twice this year. Yeah. The league, in my opinion, and I understand why they do that, I think it's short term thinking. The league knows that if you put the Lakers, who are terrible, you put them on TV, they're going to get page views or television views. But here's ratings. Ratings, there you go. But here's the problem. The league is full of interesting teams and interesting players. And it's a league that I think most people follow players more than teams. At least I do. Um, I want to watch Giannis. Yeah. You know, I want to watch – Chris Stapps is already on. But I want to watch all these, like, smaller market emerging stars. And Nicole Jokic is front and center on that. The more he's on TV, the more people are going to tune in because he's fascinating. I think the league needs to make a long-term investment in promoting all of their teams – And that might cost them some ratings in the short term, but I think in the long term it'll get people more excited about all these other players that are in the league. Because, like you said, we kind of joke, if Toronto's in there nobody's watching, well part of that is because they're never talked about or on TV the way that the Cavs are every single night. That's very true, that's a good
3: point. You still have like national... Media members like mispronouncing Nicole Jokic's name like, like very badly. All of a they, stuff, like, they got, like, find it, market him on, put him on TNT one time at least, like, one time a season. Yeah. Like.
0: Every time he was on TV, the people loved him. Like, when we, and the, the team was in London, Isaiah Thomas was there, and you could tell it was the first time Isaiah Thomas had ever <laughs> watched him because he was just, oh my, oh my. And he compared him to Magic Johnson and yep. Larry Bird. Put the, I just think spread the love around. That's what makes the NBA such a fascinating league is the star power and the individual skills of these players. So
2: absolutely, no, I, I don't. Um, I don't disagree at all. I, I just, and, and, and you're right because Gian, Giannis is a, is, a, is a beautiful point about. It. I, I honestly believe that he could become. Um, he might be the best player we talked about. Who yeah. might be the next best yeah. player? I honestly believe it could be him. Um, and you, you're right. You never see the, the Bucks, especially like, and we're in Denver. I mean, no, nobody's watching those those games. Um, that was like when Milwaukee,
3: Milwaukee, when, uh, when Milwaukee came to Denver and played. Like that mm-hmm. was a great game. Yeah, that was awesome. It what? was a like,
0: Saturday I, night. I because I keep wondering, was that people know who Giannis is, or was that just Saturday night? I really don't know. I hope it's that everybody like knew who Giannis fun. was because that was a fun yeah. game. If that
3: had been on ESPN. Like they probably would have gotten. Yeah, they yeah. might have been tuning in. Like wow, it's, like watching Giannis and Jokic. Like that was a great game. It's a good. Yeah,
2: it's it's um. It's a great way to highlight. And Adam, what you were referencing is that the uh, the attendance that night was was far better than um, than most nights. And it's a good point. I don't. I my hunch is like it was just a Saturday night. And it, I think <laughs> so. <laughs> but I think it was. I don't even think half the people in Denver, or more than half the people, know who Giannis is. But um, maybe. 7%. But if they were on TV more, maybe maybe they would. Um, one guy, of course, like and we've been talking about him a lot, but um, but I know. Uh, Adam and Dan, you, you two guys especially wanted to talk about him um, quite a bit. It was LeBron James? Obviously, he's on the TV all the time, um, and we referenced a quote uh, that was that um, that was said by by Kyle Lowry. Uh, Adam, you referenced that just to get it out there. Um, what he said was. Uh, he was talking about, about the Cavs and, and where the series at. He said, that they've got LeBron James. Nobody's closing the gap on him. I mean, that's it right there. They've got LeBron James. Nobody's closing the gap on him. I don't know when his prime is going to stop. I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. I think he'll be able to continue for a long time. But that's basketball. You've got to find a way to beat the best. So is he... Is he I mean... Is there any way to stop this guy? Is there any, or, or is Kyle Lowry right? Should everybody just be basically given up at this point? Oh, well, I think in the spirit of competition,
3: you, you want to try to beat the best. So yeah. I think I think teams should be, even though they know that LeBron James is that good, I think that should just make them work harder to try to dethrone the king. I mean, but uh, <coughs> to go first, take on us. But uh, I I think, I mean, it, it's it's awesome watching him, but like. During the MJ years, like teams didn't stop trying to be true. to be <laughs> the Jordan Bulls. You know? they didn't do it, but you know I, <laughs> they didn't. They had to wait for him to retire and <laughs> take <laughs> a break. break um, exactly. But like, though, you know that was that's often referred to as like one of the peak times of NBA popularity.
0: Yeah, but, like, I think really yeah, you know, like almost the second golden age. You I know, the,
3: if teams are really trying to come and like beat LeBron, you know maybe we'll get a couple more like super teams like mm-hmm. the Knicks and Warriors. Yes, like uh, but, uh, <laughs> You know, these teams they like, grouping together and be like, hey, you know, we we wanna we wanna beat these guys. Like you look at Washington and Boston, like those guys have a rivalry, like how come where's the Eastern Conference rival for the Cavs? Like some players are like, That's you true. know what, like we're tired of getting pushed around, like we wanna we wanna beat these guys, like let's let's go all in and beat them.
2: Think about this too, about about Lebron specifically though, what you were just talking about. Who who has ever been the rival of of the Cavs or the Heat? Um, in the Eastern Conference, the Celtics, the Celtics, the Celtics. The Celtics and that's right, exactly. And they, um, and they' and they really when you think about the going team, they they were able to beat the Cavs, um, which is why, of course, LeBron ends up going to the Heat. Um, I guess the, like you know the Pistons a little bit, like the, in his earlier years, that was kind of the team he had to try and get past. Um, and he had that he had that crazy. It was really for me, it's the highlight moment of LeBron in the playoffs. Um, when you really recognize, okay, he is clearly one of the greatest players to ever play. It was against the Pistons like way back in, I um, was like like two thousand six, yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And he, straight points. yeah, and he, yeah, he scores the twenty four straight points against them, and then and then after, but after that, it was like I don't think I don't know if the Pistons ever got past them again. Um,
0: and they they up, were they were it was kind of a they were on the they down were, yeah they they, they in the and break and they traded up. Chauncey
2: away and um, and then when they when they moved on, um, so so Dan you you had some stats here, um. And I'm going to throw them out here real quick. So this is LeBron's James last ten playoff games. Just the yeah, just do the, the averages. The ten and zero. All right. So his, his averages. He's averaged in the last ten games thirty four point nine points. So basically thirty five points a game, uh, nine point eight rebounds, eight assists on fifty four point four percent shooting, forty six point three percent from three, which is which is crazy for LeBron, um, and a sixty three point seven percent true shooting percentage. Uh, those are, I mean, those are just something I that like that scoring average, I think would be uh, would be higher than Michael Jordan's career average, which I think is like thirty three um, points a game in the in the playoffs. Um, and so, Dan, you wanted to throw out this question, in a, and you'll, you'll, I'll let you be the first person to answer it. Uh, do you think Nikola Jokic could be eighty percent of that at some point? <laughs> yeah,
3: I thought it was an interesting thing. I was watching the Cavs. You know, with Adam brought it up earlier. You know, LeBron and four shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I was listening to the radio uh, or another it might have been a podcast, but they were just talking about how unstoppable it is when you put LeBron James, who's six foot eight, in the post and let him, you know, post up a, a smaller defender or some that might not be as fast as him, but he can just pass to these guys that can shoot from the perimeter. I was thinking they're like they're saying that his height gives him an advantage because he can make passes that right, guards uninforter right, him. And you know who else has a height advantage <laughs> when you go into the post? Nikola Jokic, who's seven <laughs> foot tall and can throw you know, like, over it's... his shoulder no look passes to Corner Brewer or not Corey Brewer uh, Corey Brewer. What that? <laughs> they, they look like they're the same, same guy. guy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like what if we, the Nuggets just put Nikola Jokic in the post and be like, "We want you to be like our version of LeBron James." Like
0: they put him in the post a lot, though.
3: I know, but I mean, like, what, obviously, he's not making as big of an impact as LeBron. Well, James. so but, or, like, I... I think if if. Like what? How good would the Nuggets be if they were able to get like eighty percent of LeBron? You know, like if Jokic right. was able to put up like twenty six points, twelve rebounds, and seven assists a game.
2: Like I guess, uh, what? Kayla, what what's that kind of? What's let me, that let me like? ask you. I mean, do you think like do you think that's even possible? Do you, like is Jokic that kind of guy? Because I mean, that's those are lofty standards. Uh,
4: yeah, I mean, I can definitely see him getting like I don't know twenty five points a game, and then um his rebounds and assists being kind of the same as as LeBron. But I think yeah, he'd have to get more aggressive and actually be um like he'd have to try to score more because right now I think he uh, he doesn't try to score as much and so I think he, he'd have to very he'd, true. yeah we'd have to run the ball from the I
2: don't ball. the thing about it, I mean because that's kind of what we're talking about right I think like the, the core of the question is, is is Nicole Jokic a guy who can lead um, lead the Nuggets to the finals um, eight
0: times in a row or whatever eight is, times seven in a row, in a row. <laughs> right. well no, only only 80% so right. only okay. like five <laughs> times in a row yeah, right, so
2: right. Right. <laughs> that's it um and I, I, I've been I've been steadfast as is basically a no um, on that. If you were going to ask me, hey, is Nikola Jokic the number one guy on, on, on your championship team? I would say probably not. I think he's the second guy on the championship team because I think he's a lot of what you were saying, Kayla, especially in the playoffs. So much you need the guy who is going to just be that cutthroat score, that Kobe, that LeBron, um, stiff. pick Kawhi. any Kawhi or or Steph or Kevin Kevin Durant, or even to a lesser extent, um, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Uh, and I just don't see it from Jokic, um, and I think the Nuggets' offense is just so quirky with 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 him as the centerpiece of it. And I think if you get if you put like Greg Popovich up against that that offense um, for seven games, I think he figures it out, and, and and he figures out a way. Okay, this is how I'm going to eliminate Jokic um, from from your game plan, in and, and then I think the Nuggets are going to be stuck. So. Honestly, I, I would say I, I don't think he could. I guess is, is my idea. Um, well,
3: I'm like, watching the other playoff games. You know, like <coughs> in, the, in the playoffs, you see a lot of really aggressive defenses because they have to they have to do something radical to try to stop these great right. players. So teams are throwing double teams at people like Kyle Lowry and Isaiah Thomas because if they trap them on the perimeter, they're not tall enough to make the passes out. Like you, you can't trap Jokic. Like
0: more aggressive defense is what Jokic wants. Yeah, he but wants yeah, you to be really more true. aggressive. If you talk about his triple doubles this year, twice against Milwaukee. Milwaukee, that's what they do. They try to yeah. crowd against uh, Golden State. Same thing. They try to get steals. They play the passing lanes. The more aggressive you are, the better he becomes because he's that. That's his game. I'm going to stop you though. All right, Jokic can be the best player on a on a championship right. team. I think. I, we, I, I we got I, the number one Jokic fan. Yeah, game. yeah he, the, he <laughs> got the number one Jokic fan. But but, but I want to. Jokic has such an interesting arc. To the point he's at right now. As a 22-year-old that's now this like phenom. And that is, imagine you started playing the piano. You know, like you'd ever played. And you're like, I'm going to dick around and start playing this. And and you're really, really good. And you get brought along to do some concerts. And then all of a sudden you're the best concert pianist in this town. And then you move up to the all of Europe and you're the best concert pianist in one year. And then you go to the NBA and in two seasons you're one of the best... You know, this is this has been his trajectory. He did not expect it for himself to be an NBA superstar. Sure, he no his coaches didn't expect none. Of, nobody expected this from him. He is a prodigy. Mm-hmm. The things he is good at, he worked on. It's not like he just woke up one day and is throwing these awesome <laughs> passes. But it's also it's not like he did something especially unique to get to this point. He is a prodigy. Now his the, he did all of the things that he did this year, which I think, in my opinion, was a historic year. The Nuggets should not have been the number one offense for four and a half months, but they were. Right. And he did all of these things while being one of the most out-of-shape, least athletic players in the league. Now, that might just be him. Because sometimes when you have a meteoric rise like that, you have a lot of times you have to pay the price, so to speak. And I'm not saying he hasn't worked hard to get where he has. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is to become LeBron James you have to you have to be something special. You yeah. have to really have something special in you. LeBron James is one of the most gifted athletes of all time and the hardest working yeah. athletes of all yeah. time. We don't know that about Nikola Jokic yet. But I do know he put up these crazy numbers, crazy touch, all these things that he did this year while carrying about 40 extra pounds of baby fat. <laughs> if true. the guy... What you're noticing with a player like LeBron is... He's such a good one-on-one threat, and he makes the right play, and he does all these passing things, but when push comes to shove and you need a basket, he can isolate yeah, and get right. it. And Jokic is not – he's good at that, but he's not – Right. He's not – you're not writing home about Jokic's, like, isolation game, right? Right. But can imagine him with, like, Mason Plumlee's athleticism or, you know, just just put throw something like that on them. I think there's a level he can get to. I don't know if he will because I don't know what this summer I think is going to go a long way to kind of telling us. Right. what he's yeah, made of. Very true. But even coming into the year last year, nobody expected Jokic to be a, a all NBA uh contender. He might be third team all NBA yeah. this year. It wouldn't be crazy. Uh, I don't think he will, but so, he could yeah, be. Yeah,
2: it'd be tough cuz you got you got Cousins and you got at least like Towns or Jordan.
0: Or he whatever. outplayed Cousins and DeAndre Jordan this year. That's, That's my opinion. True. Cousins outplayed him in like this individual sense. But did not impact the game. But it doesn't yeah. matter either way. What right. the point right. I'm making is we didn't come in with that expectation, and I don't think he came in with that expectation. But I'm curious to see what he does now that that expectation is there.
2: Yeah, it's um, it's it's it, you're so right because it's it's such a this this season in this off season too, which which I don't know though because right he's gonna go play EuroBasket, I think. Maybe, um, maybe yeah. yeah, that's I true. Know. We never heard for sure. Um, if he does if he does go play EuroBasket, I think it kind of changed. Then I won't look at his off-season as like, okay, how much is he going to tell me about his work ethic? Because he's going to do a lot of what he did last year, which is what he's just going to keep kind of playing basketball um, and not really training. Because I think, Adam, what you're pointing at is, hey, this is his chance to really get in the gym and really work on his body and get it to a level that makes him an NBA athlete. Because he's, he's really not, and he's getting by right on his, his incredible basketball IQ, his instincts. Um, his his soft touch. I mean, every, everything talent, that he yeah. does. Yeah, exactly. Everything else that he just does. Um, and, and, and I guess maybe if he gets into the gym, I, don't, I guess I've never thought about, it, like, athleticism being what he needs to take that next step. It's an interesting thought. I guess I, I've always looked at Yoko's, and he's just so unathletic that I never have really considered it ever possibly the being season's a pro has been fun. over for about a, almost a month now.
3: And, like, if you've been following him on, like, Snapchat or Instagram, like, is he
2: he's, on
0: the, he's been working out. He's on
2: the Nurkic uh, media plan. Is that I'll, I'll, well? I'll <laughs> tell you what.
0: <laughs> and Nurkic does share every time he's working out, but the guy did lose some weight, yeah, and no, I do not, I would not. I think Nurkic is going to come back next year in pretty great, phenomenal shape, and maybe honestly, the silver lining of him getting of the of Portland kind of destroying the Nuggets is I don't know what would motivate Jokic, but if anything would, I think that would be it. And yeah. there has to be this thought in the back of his head of like. You know Nurkic is showing this like work ethic publicly, right? And to and mm-hmm. slim down and everything, Jokic doesn't want to come in next season being way significantly in worse shape than Nurkic is. Yeah. that would be my That's, guess.
2: No, I would. Um, I wouldn't disagree. I, I've always felt like yeah, there's there's kind of like a little rivalry. Um, I don't going
3: think his. There. I don't think Jokic's brothers. That's, yeah, that's true. Man, Jokic's <laughs> brother putting on the weight too. Whole <laughs> yeah. Jokic family's got to get on that Steve <laughs> Hest
0: slam. <plan>. <laughs> They're gonna know. kick my ass. now. I know. I, say, <laughs> I, would, I, would, I am scared of both. I'll of make them. sure to point them out next time I walk through, the, <laughs> walk
2: through the halls at the Pepsi Center. Um, I tell you what, guys, I think we're gonna wrap it up there because we are already we're already past an hour here. Um, so. Once again, thank you guys always for listening. Um, Dan, you're at Minuteman. Dan on Twitter. Adam is at Adam underscore Mares. And Kayla, you are at Nugget Chica. I am at Zach Mikosh. Uh, and real
0: quick, Zach, before you close. I right. just want to say I love what you're doing with the show. Uh, I right. It's been really cool. One of the joys of kind of taking over Stiff's is seeing everybody kind of run with their own ideas. And when I started the Pickaxe podcast, my vision for it was – all of our writers getting to come on the show. And I failed at that when I was at that home, but you've done a phenomenal job of it. They're fun to listen to. And I just love seeing what you're doing with it.
3: And be sure it. to go to denverstift.com. <laughs> uh, we're putting up, you know, like uh, daily round table game threads yeah, for the playoff absolutely. games. They're just kind of more fun, quick articles for people to keep in the community while the, while the off season. Yeah. And
2: then give them a place to talk about basketball. Cause we're all still here being basketball nerds and, uh, we need people to talk to because you try and go to like, your regular <laughs> friends <laughs> and they're like, what are you talking about? Who cares, <laughs> cares about the second round of the playoffs? All right. Um, so, yeah, guys, go ahead and check us out at denverstiffs.com. The one segment we didn't get to was the Stiffy Awards, um, but we we will have that article up so you guys can you guys can check out about how all we voted um, on that. And we'll see you guys next week.
0: Thanks for listening to the Pickaxe Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com.
1: It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.